Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate hi this is ruben off the cheek i'm pat nevin i'm mason mount you're listening to the london is blue podcast all right chelsea fans welcome back to another episode of the london is blue podcast as always your host brandon driven nick and dan mccoach gentlemen a uh, big one today we got the fa cup match review morkham fc the mighty shrimps uh was what we did and what we're going after so dan uh there's not much else to get into other than just the three-word match review. Had some great ones today. Super excited about this. Make the tone bright and fun because there's no complaining today. You know, surprisingly enough, people did find a way to complain, but we're not going to talk about them. We're only going to talk about wonderful three-word match reviews. Hot off the presses. We started with Derek, who had goals came, more to come. But yeah. he's, you know, yeah, get it. Yeah. A little bit of the punnery there. Uh, Tana with team sheet goals accomplished. BJ, uh, B Jones, uh, with the shrimply the best, which I know tickles Nick to no, no end yep. there. Yep. That's the one. <laughs> Dean Mears with the shrimps got battered, you know, again, another pun. And then ending on another, just, it's a pun train today. They were all puns. Uh, Treo with the Kaiser returns. So there you go. Some good ones from the people. All right. And since I'm leading it off with uh, only positivity, I said improvement question mark. Not sure. <laughs> Screw yeah, you, but, Brandon. Yeah. Hey, I have my, that's reasons. my new three year word. Match I'll get it. <laughs> good. Well, we're skipping you then Nick on to you since we've heard Dan's. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of in between you and, and Dan um, probably is, Beginning four word progress. Beginning, not all the way there. The number four is in there, which is reflective of the score. So that's fun. All right. Dan, apparently you actually have, you'd like to change yours is my understanding. No, I just, you know, need to double down because you're being awful. But anyway, it's rejuvenation, not promotions. Hmm. Getting our first team back where they need to be, but the youth players missing out. Hmm. All right. Well, sounds like you didn't double down. So anyways, uh, what we're going to be talking about on this one is Chelsea's rebound performance against the Shrimps and what the lack of youth in the 11 and reserves signals from Frank. We'll talk about what today's results means for the starting 11 versus Fulham, especially for Kai Averts and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Plus, we'll talk about Super Fran Kirby's great day out for the Chelsea women. Might have caught you off guard that we threw that one in there, but... Look, when you when you knock in four perfect hat trick, uh, you're gonna get a mention on the pod. So really excited uh, to to cover that match, the Chelsea win against Reading. But before we get into all of the match review, the detailed description, uh, a thank you to Joshua Rule, Mike, and Tim uh, for joining us on Patreon. Welcome to the Discord server. Your lives have just gotten better, I promise. Dan, uh, we have friends on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, well, Raul gets double love because he left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts along with Joe and Ian. So thank you all for leaving wonderful five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Even the shout-out for Discovery Plus in there, too, from Ugh. Joe. He knows what's up. But Ugh. anyway, leave a five-star review, get a shout-out in the next episode. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All right, Nick, lastly, up to you. Yeah, we, we did our, our first Chelsea Reddit AMA on Friday, um, and that was a lot of fun. We, we actually were on for, what was it, like two and a half hours, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Answering questions, and we, we opened up a, 
a private Zoom for our Discord server for those who wanted to come see us gamer about how we were answering questions like morons. Uh, that that was fun. Um, uh, so we got yeah a little extra a little extra communication there, but that was that was great. So just thanks to uh, thanks to the mods for hosting us. It was a lot of fun. Um, we hope to do that again someday. And then we have a couple of pods coming up this week, as you know, and we're setting the alert now. We play Fulham on Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. You know what to do. If you've been a part of the show for some time, that means looking at your calendars and figuring out if you have meetings. Maybe you have a doctor's appointment or something else. Look at it now. Get it out of the way. We'll also have a midweek Matt Law coming at you as well. So lots happening. All right. Well, record time here, gentlemen. We are already five minutes in and we're at the match review. So here we go. It was Morecambe FC in the FA Cup this past Sunday, the 10th of January. It was at Stanford Bridge, Chelsea 4, Morecambe nil. All right. Now, Dan, walk us through the lineup to figure out how we got to that point. Yeah, it started with Kepa Aretha Balaga. You haven't said his name in a long time, and boy, it just you know, it takes stumble. a second to get that off the tongue off once the tongue. more. Between the sticks, Espliqueta, Zuma, Rudiger, and Emerson as a back four. Havertz, Billy Gilmore, Mason Mount, the birthday boy with the goal in our midfield. Ziesh, Werner, and Callum Hudson-Odoi as our attacking trio up front. Jorginho, Willie Caballero, Mateo Kovacic, and Ben Chilwell, unused substitutes. Tino Andorin, Olivier Giroud, Fakayo Tomori, Christian Pulisic, and Tammy Abraham all get minutes off of the bench in this match. Back to the five subs, Nick. Uh, it was a big talking point for the uh, for the announcers, too, just because of how depleted Morkin have been as well, so they had to dig deep in their bench. But when <laughs> Frank just insert dagger and twist, on comes Olivier Giroud, Christian Pulisic for his first two subs. I mean... No chill from that guy. No, and it, it just, you know, look, we've, we've talked about the five subs in the Premier League and how they've shot that down and whatever, but you have the FA, same governing body as the Premier League, has five subs in the FA Cup. Like, can we get some consistency here, please? Like, can we do just five across the board? What are we, what are we doing? I, I, I don't, I don't well, get it. Well, it's the same with, like, the EFL Cup, right, where they don't have VAR. So, like, all these competitions under the same regulatory body in the same country, yet different sets of rules for all of them. Yeah, it's just, it's mad, it's maddening because, like, okay, you're, it's, it's like, you're almost there. You almost answered the question correctly. Just another small half turn and you're, and you're there. Just give us five subs to the prime. Like, what are we doing? You would, it would just be simple to have one consistent rule set for all football matches that take place domestically in England. But hey, who am I to run the FA and tell them what to do? I'm just a podcaster. So uh, team stats, Chelsea with a mere 25 shots, eight of them on target. Morecambe had three shots, but credit to them, all three were on target. I'm not sure if you count that Schross as a shot, but I think it did. That almost caught Kepa off his line. Uh, Chelsea with a, with a mind-numbing 85% possession. Uh, That's we all. had 827 passes to their 154. We had 90% pass accuracy to their 53% pass accuracy. We did foul them 10 times. They only fouled us twice, but yet they got a caution. Uh, one offside each and eight corner kicks there, none. I, j- I just had to go through all of them this time because they're so lopsided. It was worth saying. Um, Dan, I'm exhausted. Uh, take us through the XG. Uh, Kelly graphics with the 3.9 for Chelsea to a 0.1 for Morecambe with a, uh, as he describes a nearly perfect hit in a four nail. So expect a goal right on point with what we actually deliver in this match. Judging by that, it could have been more. So anyways, uh, let's jump into our first talking point. And the question we have here is, was Lampard right to go with the heavy lineup and restore confidence versus injecting more youth players? Um, Nick, I'll throw to you, but first, at Liam underscore Toomey uh, tweeted this just to instigate our discussion a little bit. I completely understand the frustration, but it's a remarkable sign of how Lampard has shifted academy development expectations at Chelsea that a starting 11 featuring Hudson Odoi and Billy Gilmore with Tino Andrin among the subs could be considered a light on youth. End quote. So was he youth heavy enough for your likings or did he miss the boat on that one? 
Uh, look, uh, first of all, I'm I'm not going to complain after a four 0 win. Okay, like I, I think let's all take a step back where we were this time last week, and just consider how we felt, and then look at this. And while, while this match is a one off, and we're never going to play Morecambe again, likely it it was a performance that needed to happen, right? So like, just let's set the table there first. Second, I like after doing our match preview and and kind of looking at the potential youth debuts, I was getting pretty excited about that. One, it's you know looking looking at that that grouping, I think they're deserving of, of getting a call up at some point. Two, I felt like the team was running on empty and could have used a break just to get out of their own heads and you know do something different for a week. Um, but that's not what Frank decided to do. And he's the manager of the club, <laughs> you know, like I, I can't, as much as we can second guess or play, you know, hypotheticals on, on this, uh, game show of a podcast, that's not, that's not what we're here, you know, really to do. We're just here to read and react to the situation. What this told me, Dan, uh, was that one, uh, Frank did not think the players he wanted to play deserved to get rest, nor did the subs. Uh, two, uh, he might not have thought that the youngsters that we talked about in our match preview, the Sunset Bells of the world or the Lawrences of the world, were, were quite ready for the call-up. Now, our friend Chelsea Youth may disagree, and we'll get into some of that later, but uh, that's kind of how I read the situation. Well, and Frank gave comments afterwards and so simon johnson uh, also the athletic and good friend of the show uh, tweeted the comments regarding the youth players and the development squad not getting those you know either a on the bench or b an actual appearance in the match saying the youngsters have trained well with us but at the same time sometimes you need to give the first team squad members game time to get more minutes and i think this is actually that the larger issue is not necessarily that the youth players are maybe not ready, but the size of the squad for Frank right now is actually a little large in some areas still where, you know, you could see someone like a Tomori still go out on loan. You have, you know, three people who play in a central position, right? You have Timo Werner, you have Tim Abraham, you have Olivier Giroud, who all could be getting opportunities to play. And so we're at this point now where it's a little bit of fine bouncing of the actual players to make sure that if they have to get called on in an emergency, that they're ready to go. But I think Brandon, to the other point, it's also about priming some of the players and getting them into a position where they're going to feel confident in the next several run of matches too. And it, it seems like it was the right decision. Well, I think that we weren't really in a position of luxury to where like our first team was clicking and we could afford to like put a B squad slash U squad out there. And I think that's what kind of came, came out. Right. It, it's, and I, so here's a quote from Frank from Simon Johnson tweeted, um, on a selection quote, the youngsters have trained well with us, but at the same time, sometimes you need to give first team squad members a game to get some minutes End quote. So while I did do some rotation he didn't really talk about the quality of minutes. I mean, everyone was like, Timo scored, done, great, mission accomplished. I know Matt Law was tweeting about it. It just, it was not the the situation. If he went out there and played a bunch of youth and we lose, the problem is the first team results aren't justifying that to be like, nope, it's okay. Like, we just needed them to get some minutes. So he he had to go ahead and do it. So I, I when he says it, I'm thinking he's not happy enough with his first team. Therefore, he has to go back and get those guys' confidence, um, minutes. Aspie was probably good to get minutes. Um, and it was probably good to get Ziyech his 60, 65 minutes that he needed. So when Frank says that, that's the way I interpret it. But it, I just can't imagine what would happen if if we went through that, that, that process, played a bunch of kids, Nick, and lost. I mean, then all of a sudden it's, oh, they're not good enough, this, and you kind of put them in the firing line, and, and we talk about how it prevents us from, you know, having victory with another cup competition potentially. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, from what we saw of Morecambe today, I'm, like, pretty confident that the kids would have been fine as well. It may have been tighter 
you know, in, in areas. And so just, you know, kind of use that as a, as a marker, but at the same time, like Morecambe offered very little in this match outside of the first like minute when they got that weird, uh, cross shot on goal. Like th- there wasn't a whole lot happening. We, we, I, I texted our group that we, it was like, we just played outside of their 18 yard box for the entirety of the match. So if you're telling me that our kids couldn't have done that, I, I would disagree with you. Uh, but at, at the same point, I am not criticizing Frank Lampard for making these squad selections. In fact, you know, again, we, we look at his level of happiness with the squad. My hope is those couple days off and then maybe a readjusted training program got this team ready for the stretch of matches to come. And like, this is just a confidence booster in the end. I mean, one of the big complaints we've, you know, that people have placed at the foot of Lampard or the feet at feet of Lampard is that the team has not found the right chemistry and working together. And so the more opportunities you can provide to that first team to gel, especially with Kai Havertz kind of finding back form from his, you know, short preseason out for COVID situation, Timo Werner off the, the pace a little bit, you know, maybe not finding the back of the net. Um, Ziesh, very limited kind of exposure this season. You, know, you think about the total number of matches he's played due to starting the season with injury. And now Billy Gilmore coming back in off of injury too. And so as much as you want to see the opportunities for the the Bates, the Levermentos, uh, you know, and the others who are kind of on that bubble, on that cusp, who knows? Maybe we do get a favorable draw and there's going to be a lot of fixtures and they might have an opportunity to play later in the competition. We could get drawn against a really tough side and then we don't have that luxury, Brandon. But I mean, it's good to know that they are finding opportunities to play, you know, kind of against our you know, first teamers in training regularly. And maybe this sets some of them up for, you know, a loan opportunity, you know, kind of here heading into the second half of the season. Well, if that wasn't the biggest alley-oop to yourself, Dan, I don't know what is because you literally have the next part is, is, as we talk about this, is we had a Fikao Tomori sighting, gentlemen. Uh, I immediately ran to my closet and, and found my Tomori kit and threw it on just to stand in solidarity with Fick. One last time, baby. One uh, last time. Well, apparently, Naz tweeting, Lampard admits that he's considering loaning Fikao Tomori out in the January window. Um, it Look, a bit of a provocative question from Mr. Thurman, but if I know anything about Mr. Thurman, it's that he loves to poke a proverbial bear. So he asks, is the quote bad in training rejected because of conspiracy theory or because it's a token harmless excuse that isn't tangible and isn't helpful? I think the problem with us is we don't know what's going on with Fick. It seems sadly his future was left too late this summer transfer window to go on loan. Uh, and he felt forced to go to West Ham and wasn't sure if it'd be good an opportunity. Uh, hindsight being 2020, it probably was Nick. Um, but now he's still, this is, I, what is this, the second time we've seen him all season? Maybe even first? Um, he's third, clearly got to be... Third. He he played uh, he played Liverpool, Tottenham, and then this for like so, 20 minutes or whatever. So Right. So either way, I think the whatever Mr. Thurman is is trying to get at as far as like what must be going on to, to figure out why he's not training... It all is kind of irrelevant because the fact of the matter is he's he's got to go somewhere this this January. Hopefully, loan. The rumors it's permanent, but we we hope to to see him. We all love him on this podcast. Yeah, I, I mean it's we we've covered this before. I I don't think we need to re um, litigate this this situation. It's a it's a really big bummer for me personally because of all the youngsters that were kind of coming through last year. You know, I know everyone has their, their favorite, right? Everyone has a, a different person that they like, whether it's Mason or, or Reese or whoever. And there is no wrong or right answer there. But I was really, really enjoying watching Fakayo play last year at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, I what I hope happens is is the classic Chelsea loan story for, for the strongest uh, is that they play so well that it is impossible to ignore them coming back into the squad and that they're given a real chance to, to thrive. This is a complicated one, Dan, just because Andreas Christensen is hurt now. 
And so by loaning him out at whatever point in January, um, you're potentially uh, using Dave as an emergency center back for the rest of the season. Uh, and that's a, a quandary in and of itself because of Reese James's unknown injury. So there, there's a lot of moving parts here, but it is, uh, I, I hope I want the best for Fick. And if the loan is the best, then that's what, that's what I want. Well, and, Comments afterwards in the match, too, from Lampard indicated that Tamari's attitude had been spot on in training. And obviously, you know, that could just be the, the follow-up, the, the necessary follow-up to Well, he's not placate. trying to sell a damaged player. Nah, he's miserable, terrible attitude. Like, I can't stand him. Oh, but you guys should pay for his wages. <laughs> this this car's only been in four accidents, but you're really getting a deal. You know, like, that's yeah, not what you're going to do. Get the t- Tamari Carfax report before you Posturing. take him on loan. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't think there's too much beyond that to be said other than that it it seems to me it's more like a contractual type of element. Like Tamori's on the longer deal at the moment relative to Rudiger and Christensen. If you want to find someone who is going to pick them up on a permanent versus potentially losing Tamori long term, I would imagine that you would try to give them opportunities to impress because you know that you can find a loan that is going to help give Fick 15, maybe 20 matches, depending on if you can go to like a championship side. Um, yeah, that, that's where it's at. If only there was a social influencer that could start a social campaign for him. Maybe that might save his his Chelsea career. Mm. Um, all right. Well, look, we're going to take a real quick ad break. But when we get back, it's all about the Callum hudson Adoy show. We'll touch on Kai Havertz ending his drought. And then, obviously, like I said, we gotta we gotta look ahead to Fulham and then the Chelsea women's results. So, plenty more to come. Thanks to sponsors for f- supporting the show financially, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone! Before we get into today's pod, I just want to tell you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast but don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get this all for only $15 a month. That is the exact same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So you're getting a pretty good value here. Whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description uh, in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. All right, the Callum Hudson Adoy Show, Dan. I mean, where do we go with this? Chelsea U tweeting the absolute backing. Caltech, the boy just produces. I mean, Cal's been on a really strong run as of late. Even if he's coming off the bench, he's coming off making an impact right away. Uh, obviously, Akim Ziyech's left foot is something different, but we don't expect that from Cal. But it seems like from Cal being a pacey winger that looks to cause trouble and get defenders running at their own goal. Uh, he's looked good. His goal is a little lucky, right? Bit of a limp wrist from the goalkeeper, but at the end of the day, it went in, and, and you can't fault him for that. Got to be in the place to produce the shot. And uh well-timed run, you know, he kind of did the same thing versus City where he picked up the ball that, that Havertz laid in. And so, you know, I think he's finding the right places on the pitch to be. And, you know, I think our, our friend expected Chelsea kind of dropped out some of the highlights against the, you know, or just in terms of stats, Kalmas Adoy for Chelsea senior team, 32 total starts, 26 goal contributions, 19 in the Premier League and Europe, 137 minutes per goal contribution. And Nick, you know, it's not just against, you know, this was kind of the comment I think that was levied against Callum is that uh, it comes against the lower opposition, um, three Premier League goals, seven Premier League assists, two Champions League goals, one Champions League assist, four Europa League goals, two Europa League assists, three FA Cup goals, three FA Cup assists, one League Cup goal. Yeah, look, he deserves to start today, and he probably deserves to start moving forward. Like he's on a he's on a run, he's on a tear. 
Um, the the thing that I I want to you know first of all I want to commend him for his performance. You know I think he was maybe unlucky to not have another goal contribution in this one too. So like you know, you kind of factor some of those in the the near misses and things, and, and there's a lot more to look at. But I, I think for Frank in particular, this one this is a really interesting player that you have to consider as to like how you fit him in. He was obviously playing on the on his preferred left hand side today while Ziesch was on the on the right hand side. They're both kind of inverted ring, wingers in that way where they want to come in on their stronger foot and put in kind of quality crosses or balls. And like look, Ziesch's left foot is absurd. Like Cal doesn't Cal's right doesn't have anything on on Ziesch's left, but Cal was finding runs all day. I mean, like he was making the right moves. And I think that's where I got I'm getting excited, and and one might wonder if he is a much in the same way that Frank kind of professes about his his own play as a player. Like even if he was playing terribly, which he rarely did, but let's just say he went on a bad run, he was like, I needed to play. I needed to play out of it because if I sat and then I came back in, it wasn't going to be the same. And what one just wonders, thinking back to the sorry days with Cal Brandon. Does he just need a stretch of games in which to really start to spread his wings a little bit here? Because, I mean, he he is at – like, there are not a ton of players on Chelsea that are performing at a high level uh, in the last 38 days. Uh, he could be considered one of them. Like, do you just give him a run and say, let's see what happens? Uh, ideally. I mean, I think – I think we've like talked about the meritocracy and it seems like he's earned it, right? I still think when Christian comes in, he's he's on fire, but I think we saw that even Ziyech isn't a hundred percent yet. Uh by the way, mistake giving him time on the ball. Um but <laughs> Poor poor Morka, by the way. That's like a cheat code, dude. Like <laughs> Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that lofted pass to Callum was just it, yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to rewatch and it's yeah. just it just puts his boot right through it, so it's just perfect backspin, just lofted, and just it drops in. So, um, look, th- they're two different players, right? But it's like Callum and Christian that I think are your dynamic uh, wingers that look to run at people and, and create some things too. So, um, you know, if if Ziyech isn't gonna be healthy and able to, you know, kind of produce the amount of minutes we need, you know, earlier in the season we weren't sure about Callum. Like, I think you can start Callum and Christian and and let them. And I really want to see us like release them into space so they can, you know, create havoc like we know they can. Obviously, that comes back to the midfield getting them the ball early. But um, you know, I I think I think he's really earned it, especially a team like Fulham. You know, he's he's probably got a lot of people on that team that he knows or is familiar with since they're in the same area. But I think Olaena obviously and him know each other from the academy days. Ruben won't play because of his loan deal, but um, I think it's the perfect game to go out and play Fulham, you know, at the bottom of the table ish, right. A- amongst the bottom and, and they need it to, to kind of grow in confidence and, and do it. And it just seems like Fulham and, and the timing, it seems perfect to me. I- I'm really excited for Cal and hopefully what he can do with it. Um, <laughs> I-, I would say, I, I don't want to see him come I, good. I-, I don't think necessarily it's actually, a matter of that he is now kind of the backfill immediately for Ziyech or Christian. I think he's taking his shot right now at saying, I should start over Christian Pulisic. I mean, if we just look at... Who's on the other just, wing? I think you put Christian... Christian uh, is kind of the backup for Callum. You put Callum on the left, you I put Ziyech on the right. I don't agree with that. I, like, I, I think... I think there will be a a, a three-player rotation, maybe four, just depending on how desperate you are with Werner, where you got two that play one game, swap out one the next game. So let's, let's say that Ziyech is the one that gets swapped after Fulham. You bring in uh, maybe Pulisic, the guy on the bench for Fulham, right? Um, mm. You bring in Pulisic on the left, you throw Cal on the right, Ziyech gets a rest day. Same thing happens the next one, same thing happens. You start to to braid this thing together, if you will. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of real good possibility and there's a lot of really good minutes there with sub appearances, uh, that you start to solidify expectations more. And I think that's, 
that's probably if if all are healthy, I think that's probably the best case scenario because like you know none of those guys want to sit, but they've all also they've never all been healthy together, <laughs> so uh, and they've all had injury histories, right? So you do have to manage them effectively, and I I just want to like call that out. Yeah, I, I think the the way I'm framing it in my mind is that with less minutes this season. Callum now is on five goals, two assists, mm-hmm. and Christian, 50 more minutes played, is on two total goals for the season. And so I think if we're going back to this idea that maybe a meritocracy does exist, just on form and contribution, you would want to find a way to get Callum in versus Christian in right now. Hmm. I think Fulham is the perfect opportunity. And I'm going to stick with that. I don't want to look too far ahead and, and say any things, but I agree. I think that, you know, Callum probably gives you a little bit more flexibility too. I think he's probably better on the right than what Christian can be. So at least he can complement that a little bit. Uh, but but having their ability to cut in has is, is been, I mean, Callum's looked good on the right in the last couple matches. So anyways, again, we're adding it to the the list of momentum. Uh, we're We're upping his points. Um, in the sense that like Callum is looking sharp, he's looking good, he's looking like he should be a first teamer at Chelsea. He just needs a run, you know, like you said. So hopefully, you know, that will come because he's continued to be successful. So uh Kai Alberts. He ended a 15 game goal drop. When was the last time? So does that mean the last time he scored was that hat trick in the in the EFL Cup? Barnsley, yes. baby. Loves the lower leagues. Really, really good player for those. That's why we signed him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just you really need a killer for those those lower league opposition matches because that, that was tongue in cheek before you all get mad at me. Um, <laughs> they already are, Brandon. They, yeah. they, from minute one of the episode today, steaming look, just look, Frank. Frank with the quote: "He's come here with a huge amount of talent, but has to get accustomed to the league, and we as a club must support him in that." Now and for the future, it's a small step in the big picture, but a good step. It seems like a reasonable take, right, Nick? I think it's no surprise to anyone that Kai Alberts hasn't lit the league on fire since he's come here. He's had to deal with a severe case of COVID. But again, in the grand scheme of things of getting him up to speed, up to the level he needs to be, this isn't a bad thing. No, no, of course it's not. I mean, look. Is he playing Bayern Munich in the Champions League final and delivering this? No, but that's not the team he was playing today. He was playing the Shrimps. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> I mean, it's funny to say, but like, you know, he he like just did the business today, and like his assist to Werner was the thing that got me excited. You know, I think it, that shows a clear strategy where you know Ziyech loops the ball in. He goes far post. He nods it back. It's not a complicated play, but it's a damn effective play if you're only marking the one guy. Like even Werner couldn't screw that one up at this stage in his in his goal scoring drought. So you know it was a good assist. Um, and and then look the 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 goal for him is really important too, Dan, because he's tall. He has shown with some some really like close misses to be fair to him in previous games that he does have the ability to get up and kind of play that far post header and to get one and to get a good one, by the way, it wasn't like a cheap one. He got, it was a good, it was a solid hit Uh, to get a goal. I think has to lift his spirits because I can't imagine the, the mindset that he had coming into this game. Can't imagine it was super positive, but again, he's probably a mentally stronger person than I am. Yeah. And, if you haven't read it yet, it is probably, you know, again, the athletic kind of continues to prove their value in the worth of a subscription. But Liam Toomey put together mm-hmm. a really fantastic article article about like what has actually transpired, how how Havertz is being deployed under Lampard versus how he's being deployed under uh, Lever- in Leverkusen side. And ultimately, you know, a lot of it goes down to the fact that it was really about design channels that he was playing into and kind of the this is where we need to kind of get Kai into so that he can come in and, and scoop up a goal and, you know, just feast on what was available versus some of the fluidity and maybe more jazz style attack and that uh, Frank Lampard has kind of tried to employ so far this season. And so if we can 
continue to build on this momentum here, find him in the right places, play him into the right space. Uh, this looks this looks good. This looks like where we're starting to see some more of what we were gonna we were promised that Kyle was gonna deliver. Th- think about this too, Brandon. Like Chelsea have not completely got it going this year yet. Havertz hasn't been going. Werner hasn't been going. Pulisic certainly hasn't been up to his pre, uh, or not preseason, his uh, restart, project restart standards. Callum looks like he might be ticking up a bit. And then, you know, the, the defense for the most part has been okay. Like, if you start to get the attackers going in this team, and I'm not saying that this match is, like, going to be the, the jet engine for it by any means, but, like, we haven't seen prime Chelsea yet this year. We just really haven't. Um, we've seen a couple of good passages of play with some of the players, you know, in that in that unbeaten run, but not really, like, firing on all cylinders. This is interesting. Like, if Guy Averts can, in February or March, really emerge as the player that he can... He's a match winner mm-hmm. at his best. So... Yeah, that's all the that's what we saw in the highlights, right? Was this 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 midfielder that would make these runs in the box. He essentially was a is a second forward, always getting himself in dangerous positions, not afraid to pull the trigger. Haven't really seen a lot of that. And you know, he's I think he's openly talked about the the pace of the league and the lack of time on the ball. But that's in the buildup. Once he's in around the box, I think he's still the same player. We just haven't really found the best way to unlock him, haven't found the best way to unlock Timo. But the funny thing with those two is no matter where they are on the pitch, they're looking for each other. Key in your header from Kai, you know, in like Kai should be heading that in. You know, like he's that close. He should be looking to to blast it in. But he sees he looks for Timo. Then we see, you know, Timo looking for him, you know, towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Like they're always looking for each other, but that's a good thing, right? That's a chemistry thing. That's a, you know, a partnership that they're looking to form. So I think it's, I, it sounds weird, but I think if Timo is struggling, Kai is likely to struggle and vice versa. I feel like they're just really tied to each other. You know, they're going to be best friends in the locker room. I could just kind of see that happening with them. I, I wonder if, Timo was banging in the goals if Kai would kind of like follow him in that confidence level um, be just because of how close they seem to be and how much they play off each other. So um, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to play it out and see, obviously. But if, if we're going to look ahead to Friday, because this podcast comes out Monday, so you're probably listening Monday or Tuesday. It's only a few days away. Dan wants to know. Would Callum and Kai start for you? Clearly, I said yes to Callum. I'm I'm very much pro Callum starting against Fulham on this one. Um, as far as Kai starting, I I would say yeah. Why not? I mean, it's again another opportunity to to take another step in the right direction. The bigger concern for me is like the Timo who's he scored today, but he's got so many steps in the wrong direction. It's like how far forward did he go, and will this potentially set him back? Uh, and good scripting here, Dan. You note that Conte is suspended and Reese James should be healthy, but no guarantee. Um, but Reese James probably won't be taking either of their spots. So <laughs> we'll, just- well it just. It might change what you think about your deployment, what you think about your attacking options, giving you all the perspective you need to make an informed decision. Reese James at center forward, baby. I'm calling it now. Let's go. Um, I. Uh, are, are we picking our lineups or are we only picking these? No, just them. Like, would just you, these two. Okay. Yeah. This is just the question. I definitely start Callum. And, yeah, I think I, I would start Kai. I, I think I would. I, the, the, the other combination that we haven't talked about yet, which is something that I'm, I'm still interested in, is we know that Ziyech can play where Kai's been playing in the 4-3-3 because uh, he's done it uh, – a lot for Ajax in the past. And, you know, we, we did a deep dive on him when we signed him. You can go listen back to that one in February of last year about his positional flexibility. But there, there's also some flexibility there if you wanted to have, you know, a bunch of different guys on the field at once. Um, but, yeah, I think I would. I mean, these guys, I think, have earned it. That's two assists and a goal in two games for Kai. And two goals and an assist for Callum, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I don't know. 
Damn, yeah, it's 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 a slam dunk. Yeah, I, I think, again, you have to start the hot hand and you have to continue to build on the momentum from this match. If you didn't play the youth and we're not using this to build momentum, then, it, it just, you know, this, if this is a momentum game, you should be playing the people that have put themselves in a better position, who found the net, who are finding confidence to build off of what they did in this game. So, yes. I can't wait to hear who the rest of your hot hand is on Friday. But teaser teaser right i'm gonna make sure you check on that match preview later in the week um all right callum on the rise kai on the rise conte suspended so we got that but, going uh, for us so the one thing i didn't put in here which we should take two seconds on to it's too late is well because i know nick tweeted about it specifically and i'm remembering it now but the billy gilmore show i we, we can't yes. transition away just yet because i know that nick wants 30 to 60 seconds just to wax about the goat. I thought he was very good. Uh, like it, it, let's, let's frame his performance in context. One selected over Jorginho in that role. Uh, and I think rightfully so given some of Jorginho's recent performances uh, Two, uh, we know that he's a danger in this tournament. He played well in this tournament until he got hurt last year. Uh, three, it's really hard to play that position when you're in and around the 18 box all the time. <laughs> Literally. Like, I mean, like, I, and I thought that he was, he was looking really sharp. He was looking around for, uh, you know, options where, where possible and just in help helping to guide the play. Right. Like it's, it's hard to do when you're just camped. Uh, but I mean, we're, if we're talking about like, who should start against Fulham? Like I'm throwing Billy in there, a hundred percent. I don't know if you heard. And Go Conte is suspended, and Reese James is a maybe. Number six. Okay. Uh, Roll for him. Thank you very much. That that I will yield my time to the floor. <laughs> Sixty seconds spot on. We can appreciate that. Uh, I guess you know, Dan. I don't have much to say on Billy, but I'll let you jump in if you want. It's another person who's looking to make that progressive pass, who's looking to find a, a ball in between in between line. I actually think that someone like Billy gives you doesn't force Silva or Zuma to be as involved. Like they don't have to worry about coming as far forward as pushing. And so we actually might shore up ourselves a little bit defensively if we were to put Billy in against Fulham. So I'd be very interested to see what the impact is there. Um, but yeah, yeah he, he was uh, a really great participant. It was hard not to be a great participant in this game, but uh, you know, <laughs> I think the three of, I think the three of us up front might have got a couple of goals today. To be completely. oh gosh, please don't do that again. No, we wouldn't have. <laughs> I think I, I would have scored the one that Timo got for sure. I would have oh thrown my gut in front of it. It just would have bounced in and been great. Um, I, a quick shout for Assis Pilaqueta returning to my to my life again today. Say his name, Brandon. Say it right now. Assist Pilaqueta. Uh, we, it's, it's not fair because they don't know all the back and forth that we've been talking about <laughs> on the assist Pilaqueta and your actual genius versus the projected genius and the false. The f- <laughs> Anyways, yes, assist Pilaqueta is something that was fantastic and we are all surprised that you. It was in the AMA. All right. You got credit for it. I retorted that name one more and the person who asked the question immediately came back with boss Barkley in your defense. And it was a weak defense at that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, lastly, we're going to wrap with a little Chelsea women's talk. Don't turn it off. Now you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, after a long break, the Chelsea women returned with a match against Reading and damn, did they return Kate from discord massive Chelsea women's supporter. Uh, love her takes on this. She had her own three-word match reviews. Chelsea women's three. She had another one that was left, right, header. And another one said, in that order. <laughs> <laughs> she had a three-by-three. Three, so she had a little nine-grid there. Uh, look, Dan, run us through some of the highlights of like what went on in this match. It was obviously the Fran Kirby show with her perfect hat trick plus one, but context. Yeah, so this is now the 30th match that uh, we, we've now played unbeaten in the WSL. So, you know, just continuing a blistering run under Emma Hayes. Uh, Fran Kirby, obviously, casual. with the yeah casual, casual 30. The Fran Kirby perfect hat trick plus one, because you know what? Why not put a little bit of extra sprinkles on that Sunday? And then Chelsea women, 
slide into second place on the table. They are now three points behind Manchester United. And surprise, we play them next weekend uh, still with our game in hand. So uh, very easy to go level and then overtake in this regard, Nick. So just nothing but a wonderful day for Chelsea supporters across uh, all teams. But Chelsea women had a, a very special day, and particularly Frank Kirby. Tough for viewing when they played at the same time. But other than that... Yeah, I I did have to. I was flipping back and forth from the computer to. The, I had it on my. I had the men's match on my phone. I had the women's on my computer, and yeah, it was different. Uh, it's also look. They played in in our wonderful pink kits today, and I think that there's no coincidence in between that thing. Um, Frank Kirby this year after like think about where she's coming back from last year, right? A terrible virus basically took her out of play for most of the season she she came back then COVID happened and then you know the, the women's season was decided by points per game right so she didn't really have a chance to play in the in the second half of the season she comes back this season ready to go <laughs> like could be could be credited with the reason that Sam Kerr has finally started firing at her requisite level uh with her assists and then also has just been on a mission to kind of regain her goal scoring form too. And again, like we just witnessed two perfect hat tricks plus one uh, in the last like 40 days between Giroux and, and Frank Kirby. And that's a lot. That's a lot to love. Like, and like, and her comeback story is incredible. So like she's, she's probably the women's greatest ever player our women's team's greatest ever player, and now she looks like she's back to her best. That's what you want to see from Fran. I mean, she's been through so much, and I know we were talking about some different stuff over the weekend, and as we're trying to make this show even better than what it is, and we were talking about the Chelsea women's team, and I just was like, Fran is like the first great player since we've really been paying attention. And so like, I have a strong affinity with, with Francesca Kirby, you know, she won the the FA Player of the Year. Um, she went from an emo haircut to a different haircut. <laughs> I mean, she's evolved over time. She's made uh, fun of her own haircuts on yeah, Twitter yeah. for following along. That and that's why I feel comfortable saying you know saying that as well. But just to see you know someone who's at the top of the game go through so much adversity to the point now where she's and she look the Chelsea team she started in and won you know PFA Player of the Year. She's in a very different team right now. We're talking loaded with international superstars, yet she is so resilient. She's such a classy player. Um, anytime she does interviews, she's so humble. I mean, I think she was just talking to Lee Park or someone. She doesn't care if she plays right back or, you know, center. She just wants to play. And, you know, from Emma Hayes' perspective, she can't – she probably has to feel so lucky to have, like, a leader in her locker room, in her dressing room that says – Whatever the team needs, I'm here for that. And like you said, you know, she's been she's getting back into goal scoring form. She's been playing out wide a lot more and creating a ton of assists at the beginning of the season. And a lot of should be assists for Sam Kerr while she got her feet underneath you and now she's clicking. And it was the opposite today. Sam Kerr assisting Fran Kirby. And so you're just seeing fluidity and motion. And again, I just have so much respect and like adoration for Kirby and Everything she's been, like I said, just for me personally, she's like the first, you know, Chelsea women's player that I've I've really, you know, watched over many, many years. I think, you know, the other one being um, Millie Bright as well. But uh, just excited to to see her continue to have resurgence after all of these setbacks. So yeah, yeah, I, I like her. She's great. <laughs> that was awful nice. That was awful. Like. Gee golly, you guys. She's yeah. so great. Uh, shucks. She's so wholesome. She's, and she's a dog lover. You two will appreciate that. Are we talking uh, about the favorite goal? Are we like, we, we did this for Giroud, so we got to talk about the favorite goal, right? It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. It, so obviously, you had a, a lefter, a rider, and a header. And you get to choose one. Dan, pressure's on. Yeah, I think it was the one that started it because, you know, I mean, the headers are great. Like anytime you have a, a shorter player scoring headers in the fashion that they do, uh, the, the, hers were great. All the goals were fantastic. But I do think Kerr splitting, uh, kind of putting her into a place where she could get on the ball, 
uh, dragged the keeper out of position, kept herself upright to put the ball past the keeper after she completely just embarrassed, <laughs> absolutely embarrassed the keeper. It was it's one of those ones where you feel bad because you're like, man, that person has just done the it's absolute business in front of him. Yeah, yep. but it was great. It was a great goal to get it started, and uh, yeah, super super memorable. So it's hard 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 to pick, Nick. But I think I'm gonna go with that one. I I love I love a header. I really do. And like what I what I thought was most impressive about this header is that one. I'm not sure if that ball was out or not <laughs> when it was crossed in. Like there, look, I'm not a lot, saying a lot of questions were asked by Reddy. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but it just my eye said maybe. Uh, but that was it was like a looping header, so like or a, a looping cross. It wasn't like a really you know direct ball across the box where she had to like just snap her her head. She had to put a lot of like like she had to stoop down for it and then snap over to get the power on it. She got a shit ton of power on it, so I was I was pumped about that. That was a really good goal. I like that one too. Um, and and right, she had to produce all the power on that cross. You mm-hmm. know, the cross is going away from goal. And she's trying to put, punch it back in. But I loved the run she made because she found about a three-yard radius of space around all those defenders. And kudos to Sam Kerr for finding her as well. But she went to this space and her teammate found her. Um, because, again, you talk about a small player crowded around defenders, but she she went and found the space. And so it's great to see. You talk about short players scoring headers, Dan. I think back to Eden Hazard scoring header and <laughs> He's surprised by it. But I think the ultimate header, if anyone scores, I, I'm not going to pull a yan and say I'm getting a tattoo running down the street naked or anything <laughs> like that. But my day would be complete if N'Golo Kante scored a header at some point. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, talk about <laughs> a wholesome moment. Well, no, I mean, we all remember when Eden Hazard scored a couple of headers, you know, and, and it was always he like... Laughs. Oh he yeah, he, about it. <laughs> he was always looking shocked and like running over to someone. But but yeah, I mean, well, if you ever made a bet, much like I made a blue beard bet at, at some point, you know, we we, f- we fulfill our our uh, our obligations, unlike our friend Yan, who has yet Got to him. yet to fulfill. <laughs> Yan, that's for you, Yan. Tag him, tweet him, let him know. Um. Uh. Anyways, just a, an amazing moment. Uh. That you pointed out, Dan. That Emma Hayes. Classic triple sub with Beth in England, G and Jess Fleming. No big deal. Just, well, I mean, there's a couple of weird things, right? So like Sophie Ingalls in the back uh, pairing with Bright in this match. That was a little bit different. And, you know, you saw then again, Beth England, one of the best scorers in the WSL last season, uh, comes off as a sub. That's <laughs> like when it's the embarrassment of riches, like harder. Oh, yeah. Could have had a goal too. It, it was a really, really wonderful performance against a what what is effectively a mid table Reading team mm-hmm. at the moment. Like they they tried, but they were I I would say by the second half they were pretty demoralized. Is what the 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 way it looked after a first half hat trick. I'd be pretty freaking demoralized too. Um, and then yeah, you just talk about I, I touched on it earlier, but again, Sam Clare. Sam Kerr flipping the script, assisting two of Fran's goals as well. Um, you know it. It, it's probably she wants to be the one scoring the goals, but if you're getting assists, I mean, you're producing. That's what that's what players want. They want to be involved producing uh, for the team. So, anyways, uh, and, Nick, and we're back. Like really quick, yeah. Uh, the table tells the kind of the story too, right? The five goals that you get here are really big in terms of goal diff, uh, which we talk about all the time, especially considering how tight the table was last season. Honestly, yeah. You know, it, it could be a big deal. So Chelsea right now plus 23 goal diff, uh, United plus 18. Uh, so that, you know, look at that. Arsenal plus 30 and yet somehow in third <laughs> uh, with one more game played. So they're they're getting smashed in the, in the whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. So just thinking about that moving lose. forward. To the yeah. point, like Arsenal, one loss, and they're like miles behind it in points. It's it's wild. But United are clearly better than they were last year. Um, and, and to- Tobin Heath uh, is is really kind of and and uh, Kristen Press as well are are helping them kind of elevate themselves above where they kind of were uh, at that point. So just so, you know, it's it's going to be one to tune in for. Like, cannot uh, emphasize enough how fun this team is to watch. Like really encourage you to get out and 
and watch them and put it mm-hmm. in your calendar. We even have on our, our pod Google calendar all of the women's matches listed there, just so it's a fun, handy-dandy guide. Yeah, and we have a great Discord thread uh, as well dedicated mm-hmm. to women, uh, rightfully so. The youth, obviously, anything related to Chelsea. Um, and then, unfortunately, Dan, we've got a bit of a delay. The Man City uh, match in the Conte Cup it's going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah, we had talked about looking ahead at the congestion fiction fixtures that they were going to end up in with the women's team as well. A uh, little bit of that is getting reshuffled again with Manchester City uh, as women's team having a COVID outbreak as well. And uh, that has been postponed. So the next match for them will be the United match where hopefully we go top of the league. I wonder if that has anything to do with the men's COVID outbreak at Manchester City. Hmm. I wonder if that's how that works. Anyways, uh, pivoting back to the men's match, Dan, uh, the match, and maybe some other notable results. Frank Kirby, you doubled up, Dan. Well, I did. I did double up. It, it just it felt it felt right. It felt good to run one again because we have not run them after a series of bad results. We're back. Normal Quitter. order was restored. Uh, no surprise, Callum Hudson Odoi running away with it, fifty three percent, not far behind. Kai Havertz, 23%, Ziesh with 15 and Mason Mount, the birthday boy, with 9%. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Mason Mount's goal, by the way. Nah. Great super goal. good. Super yeah. good. Arrow into the bottom corner. Like, also, the commentary in today's game, very pro Morkum. Uh, I can't, I, look, fair, fair play to him, but the announcers were clearly wanting a Magic of the FA Cup type of result, and they did not get it because Mason Mount delivered a hammer blow early. Oh, you don't know about the power of the big shrimp industry, Nick. Big <laughs> shrimp really invested in making sure the commentary was pro shrimp. But anyway, for the women's match, no surprise, uh, Dan, the match didn't even run it. It says Fran. It is Fran, and someone actually tweeted back. It was the Fran of the match, which was absolutely yes. Fran fantastic. of the match. Up. Yes, I'm all for that. Well, uh, it's funny. I saw a tweet from DPZ, and he was annoyed at the commentators because they told us to go Google uh, a story about a Morkum player. And he's like, the laziness is unbelievable that you didn't do your own homework, and instead you're telling us to go look it up for you. So uh, anyways, look, a lot of results you would expect would happen. There's a lot of teams that I don't even know who they are and kind of you know where they're coming from. It sounds like Chorley advancing is a big deal, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. jump on that that hype bandwagon. Um, because I, I couldn't tell you what to really think about there. Um, well, well, our guy, our guy, uh, the king of Stanford Bridge, Adam, is is helping uh, do marketing right. for Chorley, and they uh, they did a, a a big locker room uh, thing. The Adele, yeah, and she like she liked it. Yeah, yeah. And it got like millions of views. So like, just props to him. Like that's fucking rad to see someone doing something that cool. Crawley, Crawley Town, 3 nothing over Leeds was massive. I mean, they had yeah. Kiko Casilla in goal, who was at Madrid a couple seasons ago. I mean, think about that. They got absolutely played off the pitch. It was ugly, by the way. Like, the goals were good, too. Like, well, actually, the second goal was terrible. He let that one in. But the, the other two goals were pretty good. And we, again, when, when you talk about football genius, like, let's just, let's just watch results come in before we tag – Bielsa with football genius because they should be disposing of Crawley, right? Like, and they didn't because they're leads. Uh, apparently, the announcers are saying, "Oh, but they ran hard and put in a good shift." Why as do we if, get credit for running hard when we lose? <laughs> like, as if anybody cares. Crawley Town are in. If Google will load. I don't know. Well, this Third, is where the commentator says, just League Google two. it, Brandon. League two. League two. I'm going to give you an answer, friends. Dan, any other result you want me to read off? No, I just think, you know, look, the, the draw will happen. You'll have listened to this podcast and the draw will have happened and we'll know who our next competition is. And you hope it is a lower league side so we can continue Def. furthering our path forward. Because last season was not the calmest of runs into the FA Cup final. So let's hope that we get a little bit of an easier draw this time. We literally played everybody except for Man City on the way to the FA Cup final of of the Premier League. Like it was ridiculous. I, I will I will give a a quick shout out to Marine, uh, a non league AFC, <laughs> a, a non league side who's been around for 120 some years. By the way, they're they're in Liverpool. Uh, if you're looking for them on a map, uh, it's it's kind of the I think 
it's more of a swanky part of, of Liverpool. Uh, but they, they play in this, go look up their stadium. First of all, it was, it was like amazing to watch. Their stadium is in the middle of houses, basically on all sides. And while fans were not allowed in the stadium, they had fans outside in their gardens, able to see in inside this, the, the fencing. And when the ball went out in, you know, out of play, out of the fence, they had number markers on yes. the on the fencing to say, "Oh, it went to 23's house. Uh, we got to go retrieve the ball from Judy's garden over there on 20." Like it, that is the kind of thing I, I watched the entire thing, not because I love watching Spurs, but because like I was just fascinated by this, and it was like perfect. It looked awesome. Yeah, football away days have that on Twitter. I just do it in our group chat. I'm sure we'll throw it out. But yeah, look, now this is an example. If EA Sports were good at their job, they would add Rossett Park and like make it ten thousand coins immediately in Ultimate yeah. Team. I would I would play I would make a career mode and just play there because I I've I absolutely fell in love with it. I thought it was awesome. Really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I watched it too. It's funny. There then there's all the tweets of like here, could you imagine like looking at in your back or standing in your back garden hearing Jose Mourinho talk shit to the ref for 90 minutes? <laughs> well, I mean, and, and they were like, I think they're eight, seven or eight league places yeah. below, or not league places, uh, leagues Divisions. below, yeah, uh, <laughs> below Spurs. And like, that's the cool part of the FA Cup is you get these types of situations. So, like, I, I also watched Newport County and Brighton. That was a horrible match. Uh, wouldn't recommend doing that. The penalties, yeah, penalties. were absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> they were so bad. Uh, well, so bad. yeah, I think that it's your classic uh, pro footballers on massive wages versus, you know, part-time footballers uh, that this is definitely their their day out. So, anyways, uh, that's going to wrap us up. Let us know what you think. Obviously, Morecambe. Uh, disposed of in the cup. So thanks to the scheduling, we have another match later coming up uh, in the next round of that. So we'll we'll toss that in somewhere. I'm sure we've got plenty of room for that. But anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, let us know what you thought about the pod. Obviously, let us... Go tweet Fran Kirby. Go tell her how awesome she is. She, she deserves it. Absolutely. She earns it. Um, but that's going to wrap us up for this one. Uh, Matt Law, match preview. More to come this week. Uh, be on the look for that. And again, a friendly reminder, Fulham are on Friday not the weekend. So make plans accordingly. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high.